and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Are you overworked, overstressed, and overwhelmed? You want life to be different, but you don't even know how to get there. Man, oh man, I lived there myself. And in my experience with working with thousands of people from all walks of life, there is one simple thing that holds so many of us back, a lack of time management. We may know what we want, but we often don't know how to get there and don't feel like we can add one more thing into our already busy day. And that's exactly why I created the Dream Life Action Planner. It's a 90-day inspired game plan that will give you total clarity on your greatest priorities and skyrocket your productivity on the tasks that matter most. And now, for a limited time, you can get your own copy for free. And when you go to denisewalsh.com slash action. Denise Walsh, D-E-N-I-S-E-W-A-L-S-H dot com slash action, A-C-T-I-O-N. Put your information in and we will send this action planner directly to your inbox so you can set your goals, reprioritize your calendar, and design your dream life today. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. In our next interview, we are talking to a woman who was broke and single in 2002, and she was making graphics and websites for home-based business owners, And but with working long hours and doing all of this amazing content for other people, she realized that she was charging too little for her time and talents. Sometimes, my friends, we just don't know how awesome we are until we do. And then we get to grow our own business. And that's what she did. She discovered smarter ways to build an income online, one that didn't sacrifice her precious time. Mm -hmm. And today she blogs, podcasts, creates information products, and runs a membership program. She also loves to hold live events and retreats for female entrepreneurs to help them achieve their dream and grow their online business and community. Big Dreamcast welcome to Kelly McCausey. Hi. Wait, I I just want to add one note. I'm still single. Okay. I'm I'm just not broke. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Yes. Well, if you got an option, the not broke part is that. (laughs) Well, and I know you live in Michigan too, and I love connecting with other Michiganders. And we are in the middle of what they call what the polar vortex. We're on like our second out of maybe three or four at home, stuck in the house days. So what I love about podcasting is that we really can do this in our pajamas with hot chocolate and it's super cute and cozy. So I'm excited to connect with you today. Me too. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to jump into what you're doing now, but before we do, I want to hear a little bit about the transition to doing the things like you were really adding value to other people's lives and businesses, but you were charging too little and you were overworked, underpaid. You didn't really realize how awesome your gifts were. So tell me a bit about when you started to recognize that you really had a business that could make life changing money. 
Hmm. So, well, when I, when we go way back to like 2002, 2003, when I was first getting started, I didn't know that my skills were valuable. I knew there were other people who charged a lot more, but I had a story in my mind that, well, uh, they've been doing it longer. They probably have formal training. I don't know. I just thought, well, if I know how to do it, it can't be that special. (laughs) Isn't that funny? The stories we tell ourselves, it's like that imposter syndrome where we go, I'm not quite the guru. I'm just, and we don't, we kind of sell ourselves short, don't we? Yes, I sure did. I was a high school dropout. I went back, got, got my GD and went to college and then dropped out of college. And I never made more than $11 an hour at a day job. So when I was building websites for other people and making $20-25 an hour, it felt like really good money. That's where my mindset was at the time. But I had several people lovingly tap me on the shoulder and say, this is crazy. Like, what you know how to do, what you've been able to build, you, the fact that you're giving any amount of time to someone else and not charging really well for it, it's just bordering on foolishness. Okay. Now, were you working full-time as well, or did this become your full-time job? Well, this became my full-time work in 2006. Okay. So I got started in 2002. I was in debt up to my eyeballs. My business grew pretty quickly. By 2005, I was debt-free. And that's the first time where I looked around and thought, ooh, I have another possibility here. So I went ahead and gave notice at my job and quit. It was an easy transition, but there was still a lot of mindset development for me to do over the next few years. Yeah. Um, I had gotten to the point where I thought, well, now I'm charging like $50 an hour for my time. So, ooh, that's a lot of money. (laughs) and now I don't even have an hourly rate. Like I don't even think in terms of an hourly rate anymore because my business, the, my different projects have grown to such an extent that it just doesn't make sense to sell my time. You go by project base now. Well, if I, well, I don't do graphic design and websites for anyone else anymore. I actually retired from that in 2012, but I am willing to help people with their content marketing and community building. I work with them as a coach Oh, cool! and I'm not actually doing the work for them. So it's consulting. Right. Right. So what I hear you saying is that the decision to quit your job and jump into your passion and your skill set full-time wasn't hard. You made the pivot, you made the transition, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the road was easy because you right. still had your own glass ceiling that you got to bust through and grow and learn from. How did you grow your money mindset? Because I know there's a lot of people out there that have the same story. You know, maybe they've had tricky, rough things or disappointments in their past. And there has to be that identity shift Mm -hmm. to continue to grow. So how did you create yours? This might be uncomfortable for some people to hear, but you have to change who you're spending time with. I just had to start choosing to spend time with people who had a different money mindset. I had to stop spending all my time with people who had a poverty mindset. I got my start in the work at home mom community. I had a podcast called work at home moms talk radio and moms 
working home moms have a bit of a of a reputation for being frugal. And many of many moms are frugal because they have to be. But there is an attitude where you almost embrace it like a badge of honor, like I'm frugal. I am I am so tight. I can't, you know, my budget's so tight you couldn't put them on if it was a pair of jeans. I'm a coupon queen. I'm the make it stretch guru. There's nothing wrong with that if you need to and you want to. But when you start to actually make choices that limit you because you're so in love with that identity, you've got a problem. You know, people will literally sabotage themselves financially to stay in that mindset. And I had to shift away from some people who were like that because they would say things like, oh, geez, it's been so long since I've been there that it's starting to feel like a foreign language. But well, I know when I was hanging out with those who had that badge of honor, you know, Mm -hmm. I felt like they talked about money more than my other friends because they were constantly talking about how much they saved they were talking about, you know, oh my gosh, well, I can't do that. I don't have money. Or I, you know, I, they would be like, good, look what I got from Target. It was only $3. Whereas most people yeah. don't talk about how much they spend on things. <laughs> so yeah. There is an identity that comes yeah. within that, that kind of has to change first before you see things change on the outside. Yeah. I had a friend, actually a family member who money was so tight that at one point she had to get some help. You know, she had to to go down and and get food stamps. And and I don't believe there's any shame in getting help when you need help. But she was offered an opportunity to change her circumstances. And she said, oh, but if I do that, I'll lose my food stamps. And it's like, are you kidding me? Um, That's a poverty mindset. And I, I I had too many people around me who thought that way. And I knew if I don't start to spend time with other people, if I stay in this place where these are the people surrounding me, I'm never going to grow. How did you find them? Ah, well, online. (laughs) I found them at marketing events. I found them in, you know, business events. I found them on forums and, and such as as I would, one of the smartest things I did was invest in some coaching. So I signed up, I did, my first step was a short-term coaching program with Carrie Wilkerson. Do you know who Carrie is? I don't. Uh, she's the Barefoot Executive. That's her brand name. She's a very successful gal, speaks at lots of events, a lot of network marketing events. Um, they will bring her in to speak to their, to their big national conventions. And she's just super powerful. I've known her for a really long time before she was a big deal. But so she was coaching me and she was the one that looked at, I had raised my prices and I was really proud. Like, look at me, I've raised my prices. I'm really starting to think bigger. And she looked and she said, those are the before prices. I said, no, those are the after prices. She says, no. Those are the before prices. And I'm like, you're not listening, Carrie. Those are the after. And she's like, no, you're not listening. They're still too low. 
And she said, this was hard for me to hear. She says, if this is what you're charging, people are going to think you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Sometimes the charge or the rate that you, it's like for the client on purpose because they will take you in the situation, the coaching, the experience more seriously if they've got skin in the game. Yeah. Pricing, when it comes to coaching and consulting, pricing is arbitrary. You know, you set a price, they value it or they don't. You know, if we try to start justifying a price, like if we say, I used to be $50 an hour and now I'm $150 an hour because dot, 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 we're losing because you can't, you can't make math work like that. You know, my clients, people who come to me for coaching, uh, they don't need me to justify my hourly rate. They need to believe I can help them do what they want to do. And then it's up to them to decide, is my price worth what they want to do? And it was a real mindset shift for me to get there. And so people like Carrie and other coaches I've worked with were just really powerful in that. Yeah. Yeah. That is, it's powerful to really grow from that poverty to um, abundance type of thinking, because then there's, you've got so many more things at your fingertips. So how did you, what happened next? You were doing the, um, the graphics, the websites and content creation, and now you're more consulting. So what does that look like? Well, so the transition, I started work at home, mom's talk radio, a community started to come in around me. Do you still have that? I still podcast, but the brand has changed. I stopped being work at home moms talk radio many years ago because my son grew up and moved out. Um, But love people make money is the current. It's my brand. I'm still doing the same thing. So I'm helping people publish content they're proud of for a community of people they love. And much like those early days of being a work at home mom, they want to build an income that's not going to take over their life. Mm-hmm. They really need to, it's not that they're not willing to put in some long hours and hustle, but they have to see a light at the end of the, of the road that says, you know, there's going to come a day when I won't always have to work this hard because I actually want to enjoy my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As a work from mom myself, I know the power of, having a goal and being excited about it, but then having the ability to set it down and then invest in other relationships and not feel pulled in all those different directions. So I love that. So now it's love people make money. And you, you know that community is really an important part of business building and, and creation. So tell us a bit more about that. So the podcast I did back in the day and then I continue to do, it drew a community of people in. A friend of mine, Alice Steba, we got together and we launched Mom Masterminds, which was a paid membership. And um, that grew into opportunities to coach and consult. I started to create information products to offer group coaching programs. I did a lot, I still do a lot of affiliate marketing where I recommend products and resources that I use. Um, the, the community, the, when I think about community, I'm thinking about people who are in my community group. Like today I have a Facebook group, people who are on my mailing list, 
people who are listening to my podcast, who bought my products or who've attended one of my events. And that community has grown over the years. I, I do not think of my community as an audience that I'm talking at. I see it as a community of people of whom I'm one of them. And so I really believe in, in opening up spaces where community can come together and find relationships with each other as much as they find a relationship with me. And there's, it's just great. Community is so important to me because when I was young, I didn't have one. I didn't have a community. Um, and that I really grew all the way up until I was about 30 years old. Um, my circles were so small and I didn't trust people that um, I just don't ever want to go back to that. I don't ever want to know what life is like to do it alone. Um, it's so wonderful to be, to be surrounded by people who share your interests, who encourage you. Here's the thing, and I know this has got to be true for you in your business, that there are lots of people who have an inkling that they want to do something incredible, but they doubt themselves and they're surrounded by people who doubt them. And if you can just pick them up and bring them into a community where people are looking at them with open expectation, who take them at face value, listen to what they have to say, and give honest feedback, they just find courage to go for it. I've seen people come into my community and other communities like mine and just find themselves, mm -hmm. you know, realize their potential and go on to create something amazing. And that's really my goal. I, I don't, I don't want people to come into my community so we can play, you know, bridge or something. I want them to come in, get fired up, create great content and go start communities of their own. Mm -hmm. Just imagine if, if every person in the world had a community that they felt warm and comfortable and that they could learn and grow in it would be freaking amazing. I love that. Oh my goodness. Yes. Community. Like it, what I love about what you just said is that when I asked you how to grow a money mindset, the first thing you said is change your circle yeah, and find people that are three steps ahead of where you are. And yeah. so you have created a space and a community where people can find their new circle of people yeah. who can believe in them, people who can pour belief into them, who support their dreams. Yeah. And we create communities all of the time within our organization. And I believe it's the glue that holds people together when you're having a hard day. You know, you've yeah. got you've got people kind of locking arms with you and supporting you. But I, I know that when people come into the community, and I'm assuming it's the same for you, is they may have never found a place with so much love, you know, yeah. so much acceptance and so much positivity. And yeah. when people come into a community like that, and then they, they feel like their walls are kind of coming down, that's really when growth can happen. It's because they yeah. feel safe. Yeah. When you feel safe, you aren't consumed with worry and all of yep. those things, right? You really can connect and then grow. Do you find that too? Yep. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So in my space, my, my clients are coming to me because they want a website they're proud of. They want to grow their mailing list. They want to create information products, maybe run membership sites. They want to do affiliate marketing. 
And I can teach them the technical steps. I do. I teach them how to do it. But knowing how to do it isn't a guarantee that they will do it. It's knowing how and believing in themselves and focusing on what their community needs that creates the magic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's always a one-two punch. I want to teach the technical steps, but I also want to support you in believing in yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. We always say we could give people the exact steps to create a Facebook ad that will blow their business up and 1% of the people will do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And having that community will increase those odds because they've got accountability and they've got people that they know are kind of um, in the same boat as them. But you also mentioned that some community creators are struggling and they're doing some things wrong. What do you think that is? Well, I think that, so a lot of people are starting Facebook groups uh, because they've heard that, you know, this is the next best awesome thing on Facebook, but then they treat that group just like a page and they blast people with ads and, and it's just, it's just broadcasting. Facebook pages are wonderful for broadcasting Facebook ads. Like if you're just trying to broadcast and get attention, run an ad. But a Facebook group is an opportunity to be in relationship with them. And that means taking the focus off of you and shining the light on them. I have talked to people who are running Facebook groups and they're like, I just can't get the engagement. And what they mean is I can't get them to like me. I can't get them to watch my videos, like my stuff. If they would just for a minute turn the focus around onto the community and say, how can I shine the light on them? Then engagement explodes every time. I've never seen it fail. I'm in a few groups and you can tell the difference when the questions are, how are you doing today versus this is what I'm doing today. Um, Even recognition can be a really big game changer. We kind of always liken it to kindergarten class where the teacher says, thank you to Susie, who's raising their hand politely. <laughs> not yes. silly, but when you start recognizing good, you know, like, oh my gosh, I love that member of the month or, yeah. you know, they did X, Y, and Z, big congratulations to our new members, or you're kind of shouting people out. I feel yeah. like everybody loves that. And they always want to be a part of that too. Yeah. What are some other ideas to engage the group and increase the community? Hmm. So. Well, if you're starting a new community, here's something I've discovered. Um, Recruit two or three compatriots. Um, Ask if you want to launch a new Facebook community, issuing the invite, inviting people to come on over. That's pretty easy. And there's quite a few, few people in your circle who would probably come over and check it out. But if you're the only person posting, it's hard to get other people to jump in. So if you can get two or three friends and be very specific with your request, say, I'm looking for 30 days of support where you would come into my community, start three conversations each week, respond to other conversations like welcome new members. Would you please give me that love for, for one month? 
And people love to be asked and people love to be supportive. So you'll get people who says yes. So even if it's just you and those three people creating activity, then when a new person comes in, they see action right? and they can jump right in. So that's a great way to kickstart engagement. And if after the first month, the, the group is still small, ask three more people and do it for another month. It's just the most social, loving, wonderful person has a really hard time kickstarting conversation on their own. So ask for the help. Could they be even called, I'm thinking of my own free dream life community group, where it could be the three members of the month that I get to connect with more personally that month, but Ooh. they are intentional on liking and commenting and engaging in the group. Yes. And Cause I'm, I'm so silly. I'm always like, I feel bad asking. I want them to make sure they get something back. <laughs> well, it's funny. Cause well, people are usually, if you're asking friends, they're usually happy to help, but yeah. I love that. Yeah. I mean, cause proximity equals value. Yeah. And if people really value spending time with you, then that's a hell yes. Yeah. I'll do that for you if that means I get to spend some extra time with you. Yeah, because really, if that means a small Facebook group where we're voice messaging and connecting, or not group, Mm -hmm. but message, where we're connecting consistently through the month, that's value to them. Yeah. And then of course that support to me because they're increased engagement and, and people I find they're more apt to be loud and excited when they feel like it's theirs. So if it's like my group, then they don't feel like they can add a post or they don't necessarily feel like they, cause they're kind of waiting for me to do it. Yeah. So if these members of the month or um, engagement friends can help with that, then that will give other people permission to. Yeah. The header image for your Facebook group, some people put their picture up there. And I don't think that that's always bad. I've seen some podcast groups that I'm part of where the the podcast host picture is on the header. And I think there's a nice warm community there. But sometimes you see those Facebook pictures where this there's this professional person like, you know, at the top. And all of their posts are about, look at me, I'm smart, I know all the answers, you know, and then they wonder why nobody's starting conversations. Right. It's because they're afraid they're going to get it wrong. Right. You know, so think about that header at the top of your group. Is it warm? Is it welcoming? Is it focused on you or is it focused on the community? Right. I recently redid my header to be a collage of pictures of people from my events. Right. So I'm in there, but I'm in there with all the other people. Right, right. And and I think that's the, the question is, does it feel stoic or does it feel fun and loving and warm and friendly? And the more inclusive it is of the community, the more they feel like it's theirs as well. Yes, yes. Cool. Now you, I'm excited to talk to you about events because I've done events for almost 12 years. I've been a part of our company and I've done events for them and for my team and retreats and leadership stuff and a ton of amazing things. But most recently, I just did my first personal development workshop. Um, mm. It was called Dream Space. And it was like the most magical thing I've ever experienced in my whole life. And I loved it so much that it's, you know, it's like now so close to my heart and we're going to continue to do them. And it sounds like you have a lot of experience in leading events and retreats. Tell me, why you love doing them, what you think the most, like the valuable pieces are, things you've learned, all the mm-hmm. good. 
I started to travel to events. Let's see, 2009 was the first time that I went. For many years, I didn't travel because I was a single mom. But I started going to events, meeting up with people who I'd known online for years. And I just fell in love with the in-person connection. An event where the speakers are great is fantastic, but but I've always loved the in-between times and the after-hour times where you just get to socially engage. So when I started to host my own event, there's two different events that I run. One is Exposure and Profit, and that's all about content marketing and community building. That's in Atlanta every fall. And then Beachpreneurs Beach Camp is a woman-only lifestyle event on Daytona Beach. Both of them are three-day events. I just don't like overpack the schedule. Like in Atlanta, in Atlanta, we have a two-hour lunch. Have you ever been to a conference where they give you like an hour for lunch? And you're like, you know, I can't even finish my sandwich. At beach camp on Daytona, we actually give people three hours for lunch. Because you do not come to the beach to get stuck in a conference room all day. You just don't. I mean, that's kind of the whole message of Beachpreneurs is that you can build a business that supports the life you want to live. So why not create an event that that leans into that too? Yeah, I know. I feel like the, the, the community that's created is certainly spurred by the, the talks, but like cemented in the lunchtime chats and the yeah. after hour drinks and the beach time or the... Yeah. The processing time really because they're absorbing so much that there yeah. needs to be some of that processing time and that's where really a lot of the connections can be made. Yeah. That that same thing I talked about about the online communities finding people who believe in you. That's one of my greatest goals with my events is that that people who come would realize they're no different than anyone else. My speakers are, I mean, I've had some pretty awesome, amazing speakers. Last year, we had Kim Coles speaking at Beach Camp. She's a famous actress, comedian, Um, but she's just like us. She's just a gal. I like to put speakers up on my stage who are real people who are making content marketing work because I want the audience to really relate to them and believe and and learn to believe them themselves because of what they're learning and what they're experiencing at the event. That we always say like, what is it? Success leaves clues and it's an identity process. And when you see someone that go, you go, Oh, I could do that. Oh, yeah. they're just like me. Oh, yeah. then you, it really is that little bit layer deeper of like, okay, I can do it. And yeah. I know for me, the first few years of my business, that was the biggest like switch that I had to make was I can do this. And yeah. Once you have that, I feel like that's our job now with all of our other team is to help them flip their own switch. Like, yes, you can do it too. Yeah. The big sinking in for me over the last couple of years is that I bring value just by showing up. And that's true, whether we're talking virtually in a Zoom room meeting or a podcast interview or a retreat or an event, that just by showing up and owning what I've created in the world. I'm not bragging. I'm not saying I did everything perfectly because I didn't. But here I am. It happened. Still showing up. And if they look at me and say, she did it, 
and they see clearly that there's nothing special about me. (laughs) I'm just another human being. I'm bringing value because they soak that up and they, and it gives them permission to show up themselves. It gives them permission to try. And that's what I want because I, I've let that soak in that I bring value just by showing up. It just makes me want to show up more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I want to get out there. I want to be found. I want people to know about the events. I want them to come and spend time, not just with me, but with all the other awesome people that come. Yeah. You know, the magic of an event is opening up a space for the people to come and and create what they want. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. Yeah. That's why our event's called Dream Space because yeah. it is, it's like, it's, I am. And I was trained with Jack Canfield who did success principles and chicken soup for the soul. So a lot of my content is, and I was a clinical psychologist before an entrepreneur. So I'm all about like doing it now. Like we can learn and be talked to all day, but that doesn't mean life's going to change. Life's going to change. And we start writing and talking and declaring. And, you know, we've got to like make these internal changes. So the workshop is learn and do, learn and do. Like we do all these exercises and things and it's so much fun, but that's exactly what it is. It's just creating the space for us to, to grow and connect. And then we leave changed. I just think we have a lot in common. (laughs) I know. I'm like, hello. (laughs) I'm so glad you're in Michigan. (laughs) You know, you're taking a stand for people that they have a dream and that they have what it takes to execute it, that they just need a little space to, to feel out what that next step is. You know, there's another world out there that brings a completely different message that says, like, you're screwed up, you're broken, you need to be fixed. Uh, come learn from me. Come, come be like me. And I know they mean well, but... I don't believe that's what people need. I think people just need space and someone who believes in them. And and yes, great content. But to spend time with people who just believe you've got it in them, who believe you've got it in you, that's just so magical. Yeah, you leave empowered. And, and then when you feel that sense of belief and growth and excitement and that other people... Like, I feel like I see people three steps ahead of where they see themselves, but I also have a group of people who see me three steps ahead of where I see myself and I borrow their confidence and then I give the confidence to to those, you know what I mean? And I think we all need that in our lives because when we have that confidence, we're then more apt to actually take action to support it. Yep. Yes. All right. So a couple last questions. I know we could talk about this forever. I love it. You talk about the bright, shiny object syndrome. What is that? Well, when you're building a business online, you know, there's always another shiny object. There's like you mentioned Facebook ads. When you think about promoting your business online, there's always somebody telling you, you need to be on Facebook. You need to be on Twitter. You need to be on Pinterest. You need to be over here on YouTube. You need to learn this. You need this software. You need that tool. You need to do this thing. And it it just never ends. And there's a season where we're chasing all these shiny objects. But as soon as you find something that starts to work, that's really what deserves your attention. So uh, shiny, bright, shiny object syndrome exists, but it's not unmanageable. So for me, I decided early on, it's my job to evaluate new things, 
but I budget for it. So like I have 15%, I am willing to give up to 15% of my time to shiny objects, to learning a new tactic, to learning a new item of software that's going to save me time, to exploring a new social network that everyone is talking about. Once I've spent that 15% of my time, then boop, it doesn't matter how much it sparkles, I'm not going to look at it because I've, I've just set a boundary around my time to say, if I chase shiny objects all the time, I'll never get anything done. Mm-hmm. I won't focus on what is working now, which, is, which would just be a terrible mistake. If I found something that's working, it's bringing people into my marketing funnel and they're getting on my list and they're buying my stuff. If I, if I walk away from that proven strategy to go tinker with 15 other ideas, that's just self-sabotage. So have an idea of how much time you're willing to give and maybe get that confirmed by somebody who you respect. For me, 15% just feels good. For what I do as a coach consultant, I want to stay up on what's happening. I just don't want it to suck me down the rabbit hole every day. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have too many options, you can do nothing. Yep. And so it's good to learn, but it's also good to commit and then do yeah. it and learn as you go. <laughs> yeah. Like we could, there's plethora of options and sometimes that can feel paralyzing. Yeah. Yeah. The modern day word for it is FOMO. Oh. Fear of missing out. Oh, mm. oh, yeah. that does take FOMO down a notch. <laughs> yeah. Like, or you're just can't make a tr- decision. <laughs> yeah. So good. All right. Well, I know you have the brandable content bundle that you're offering our audience at lovepeoplemakemoney.com. So guys, go to lovepeoplemakemoney.com and check out Kelly's brandable content bundle. Can you tell me a little bit about what that is? Yeah. Somebody's out there that wants to, they're, they're building a business, they're branding themselves, they're whatever it is. What should they look for in building a brand? Have you heard of PLR? Do you know what PLR is? Mm-mm. I'm going to look stands, up all these things. <laughs> stands for private label rights. Ooh, okay. Uh, there, there's content out there that has been developed in business niches, self-development niches, health and wellness niches, which any of those, some of your people might be really interested in. There's content, blog posts, small reports, social media images that have been developed. And they are offered for sale as a package with rebrandable rights, which means you can take it, edit it, tweak it, add your own name to it and use it on your website. There's beautiful social images you can add your logo to or your name or your URL and have beautiful content to share on social media. Uh, Images for Instagram, Facebook and Pinterest. It's a huge time saver. If you don't, design graphics yourself or if you don't have an unlimited budget to go hire someone to design things for you this is like just it's this easy button where all you have to do is add your url to it with canva and boom you've got something beautiful to share if you're building your own website you will probably want to be blogging you want to be mailing something out in a newsletter perhaps this is content that you can use that complements what you're doing with your business and builds your relationship with your audience. 
So the brandable content bundle, I got together, I picked like eight people who I really like and trust their content. And I got coupons from them that you can use to go get something for free. So you can go over to their website and say, you know, there's a a package of content about paleo lifestyle. Maybe that's something you think your audience would be really interested in. You can download it for free. Take a look at it, tweak it, and and use it as content. Saves you time. Yeah. 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 That's a beautiful, beautiful thing from somebody who's worked with like eight designers who all do not have the same work ethic that I do. (laughs) Having beautiful pictures and content to put your logo or branding on makes things so much easier. So that's awesome. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Well, for those people that are listening, that are asking themselves, all right, I, I, I know I'm made for more. I know that I want to do something different, but it's the how that scares me. What would be one thing that you advise them to do? So I believe with all my heart that you can love people and make money. If you focus on a community of people you love, sink your roots deep, get to know them, find out what they need, and then start connecting them to those resources. Maybe you have an idea for meeting those needs. Maybe you have a product or a service you can offer. Maybe someone else do, and you can make that recommendation through an affiliate link. But if you really sink your roots deep and focus on those needs, profit will show up. I've never seen it fail. Awesome. Beautiful. So trust your gut, you guys. You're making a pivot for a reason. Sink your roots in and and ask questions. Build that community and grow. So one last question, Kelly, is you have been an entrepreneur now for, you know, 15 years almost. I would love to hear what you do to keep yourself motivated and focused and positive and growing. That's a good question. I have been investing in my self-development. I went to a radical leadership retreat in 2013 that rocked my world. I have continued to work with a coach, what you call a life coach, a performance coach. I continue to, to seek out opportunities. I'm currently going through a program with Bellany DeShong at Live at Choice. I just love to lean in on developing myself. I can't live off of the events and stuff that I go to because there's so much time in between them. So in between, I love to use YouTube as like a personal cheerleader. I look up TED Talks and Mind Valley Talks and I touch base with friends. I, you know, and I'm just going to stay connected to my community because the new people that are coming in it who are so hungry and so curious, spending time with them never fails to like light my fire Mm -hmm. and keep me excited about what I'm doing. Awesome. Yeah. It reminds you of your why. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for hanging out today. It was great to get to know you. And I do think we've got a lot of like-minded interests and it'll be fun to continue to grow. So you guys check out Brandable Content Bundle at lovepeoplemakemoney.com. And uh, Kelly, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Good to meet you. 
Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out. And remember to dream big. 